embark on a show about four people who find themselves thrust into the backstories of pop culture history. Join Christopher DeVos, J.L. Trost, Laura DeVos, and Sabrina Pierre as they poorly impersonate celebrities, drink a lot of beer, and answer very hard trivia questions. You are now listening to... Podcast 42. Oh my god, guys. I can't believe we get to go tour the set where they filmed The Office. That's what she said. I love The Office. Jim and Pam's romance were so romantically romantic. That's what she said. I wonder how long we have to wait for the tour guide. That's what she said. I think you're using that wrong. That's what she said. Playing the long game again? That's what she said. Now it's too easy. Agreed. Do you guys always have to be so smug? Smug is my middle name. That's what she said. <laughs> that is such a Michael Scott thing to say. I was thinking Creed. Definitely not Creed. That's a Dwight thing to say. Let's not play that game. Look, here comes a tour guide now. Hello, everyone. And welcome to the office. Yay, I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm excited too. I've only been in, a, in doctor's offices, dentist's offices, police offices, garbage man offices. Oh, I so want to ask. Don't ask. You know you want to, too. I do, but I also want to go on the tour without my head hurting. Your head hurts? I know a good doctor's office. I also know an acupuncturist and a aquarium cleaner guy. Damn it, now I have to ask. Okay, folks. Folks, if you people would just make your way over here, we can start the tour. Yay, the tour is going to start. It's been seven years since the show ended. I wonder how dusty the desks are. I assure you, we have kept the sets very clean, pristine even. We will have a question and answer session at the end. So now, let us begin the tour of the office. Bob, cue the music. Um, flat problem. The system is broken. I can just hum it. Oh, please don't. I mean, dum 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 that was great. Oh, I want to do it too. Who oh, me too? We really only have an hour for this. So Hey guys, that was really good. I can hum a remix version. No! <laughs> I mean, wait until the end. If we have time. For now, let us visit the world of the office. As far back as ancient Rome, a Tiberium was used to house public records. It may also have served as an office building for workers 
What are you talking about? Medieval monks may have been the first to use cubicles or a scriptatorium as they worked on manuscripts. What does this have to do with the office? In Botticelli's painting of St. Augustine, well, in his cell, depicts a small three-walled alcove with a curtain, further suggesting that such work in Renaissance times was done in secluded spaces to maximize force. Chris, I don't think this is about the office. It is about the office. The TV show? The TV show? What TV show? This is about the history of the office. And throughout the years, how it evolved into the modern day high rise. Good going, Chris. Well, that explains why the tickets were so cheap. Really? Thanks a lot for the letdown, Chris. You are welcome. I can't stand here and listen to this guy all day. Neither can I. Benny? Jenny? All right, what's going on now? Well, that's Jenny, and she came in and yelled at Benny. Benny! And Benny yelled back at Jenny. Jenny? Yeah, I got that. Then why did you ask? You already know, ever since we did the Monday Night Football episode, I've dreamed of being a color commentator. Dreamed it! Yeah, and I had dreamed of playing the cheerleader character, which I requested, and it never made it into the script. Oops. Oops is right. Hi, folks. I'm sorry. My name is Jenny. See, I told you so. Shh, Sabrina. And I'm your real host on the tour. Benny is our janitor and wannabe tour host. Benny, we have talked about this. Sorry. Benny, the hallway upstairs needs mopping. I didn't even know we had an upstairs. Benny! Benny! Stage direction said a loud whisper, but I did it in a careless whisper. And I'm never going to dance again. Oh, shucks. Do I have to? Yes. Now go. Oh. Okay. So who here has ever seen the American or British versions of the TV show, The Office? I think we all have. Good. In a few moments, we will walk through the set of where they filmed the American version of The Office. Question. Where did they film the Icelandic version of The Office? I... I... don't think there is an Icelandic version of The Office. Wrong. Bears, Beats, Battlestar Galactica. Chris, please don't. What? That's my Dwight Schrute impersonation. That's not even Dwight Schrute. That's Jim doing Dwight Schrute. This is my Dwight Schrute impression. Security in this office park is a joke. Last year I came to work with my spud gun in a duffel bag. I sat at my desk all day with a rifle that shoots potatoes at 60 pounds per square inch. Can you imagine if I was deranged? Mine still counts. Here's my Dwight's shrewd impression. Blah, 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 blah. 
I don't remember that line. Oh, yeah. He said it. Season four, episode four, titled Dunder Mifflin Infinity. It was line four. <laughs> okay. So, as I was saying, we will be touring the American version of The Office set. A couple of rules. One, no touching of anything on the set. Ooh, I like touching. Two, no pictures of anything on the set. Ooh, I like pictures. And number three, we have seen this bit before, Sabrina. Ooh, I like repeating bits. Great! Let's find out who is in our group. I'll start. I'm Chris, and this is the part where everyone says, Hi, Chris. Um, this isn't an AA meeting. Or a triple A meeting. Those are boring. I'm JL. I like beer, marathons, sunsets, beer sunsets, and marathon beers. And I'm Laura. Hi! I'm Sabrina. My hobbies include kickboxing, hunting, macaroon art, and writing. Shouldn't that be macaroni art? You do yours your way, I do mine mine. <laughs> okay. But I use macaroons. It's like macaroni art, but much more Frenchy. Hello, this is Okay, well, that's everyone on my list. Let's begin. The Office originally aired on BBC Two on July 9th, 2001. That's British. I love British things like Doctor Who and Holy Grails. And tea? They don't drink sweet tea in England. I bet the footballers do. I was thinking biscuits. You like biscuits and gravy. Biscuits in England are cookies. I know. Laura eats weirdly. I do not eat cookies and gravy. You okay? Of course. Proceed. The series was created, written, and directed by Ricky Gervais and Stephen Merchant. The show follows the day-to-day lives of office employees and the slough branch of the Warnman Hog Paper Company. The model being, where life is stationary. I use their paper all the time. Well, they are not real. Right. I mean to say, I use their fake paper all the time. Especially the post-it notes, because that's the British thing to do. And why is that the British thing to do? Because the British use the post. Um, that's not the same thing. Uh, One is for sending mail in England, and the other is little colored pieces of paper for writing notes on. Exactly. Bruder wants his money back. Uh, no refunds. Alrighty then. Uh, Ricky Gervais also stars in this series, playing the central character David Brent. In total, there are only 14 episodes of the British version of The Office, and two 45-minute Christmas special episodes. Ooh, are we gonna tour the British Office set? No, just the American version. Because I'm willing to cruise to England to look at it. Cruise to England? Wouldn't flying... You heard me! Cruise to England. Well, we can consider that for future tours. Okay. So Ricky Gervais Dave, was played David Brent, who in the American version was Steve Carell as Michael Scott. Martin Freeman of Lord of the Rings and Hitchhiker's Guide fame was Tim. Jim in the American version. Dwight was Gareth and Dawn was Pam. Is there an office set on this office tour? That's what she said. Yes. Uh, that is coming up next. Uh, right behind this door, actually. I'm going to open it and remember, we can walk around and look, but no touching. No touching. Right. That's what I said. Okay, here we go. Dun, 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 dun. 
much just like The Office. Well, that's because it is. This is the main set of the show, hence the tour. Look, it's the Jello stapler. Ooh, and over here is where Pam sat as the receptionist. And these blinds really work in Michael Scott's office. Watch this. Open, close, open, close. Sabrina, what did we say about touching? No touching. Uh... I didn't think the blinds counted. They count. Everything counts. This is Michael Scott's boss boss mug. Sabrina, everything. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I'll put it down. Despite never reaching past 41 in the Nielsen's ratings, it has become a cultural phenomenon. And that's thanks in part to Netflix. The show has counted for 45.8 billion streaming minutes. That's more than Stranger Things. That's what she said. How do you know that? It's my job to know things. I like to watch the great British baking show. I would watch that. It's British. I would watch that on a cruise. Are you going to Dr. Seuss that? No. I will then. I would watch that on a cruise. I would watch that with a bruise. I would watch that on a plane. I would watch that in Spain. Stop. Let's just leave it at cruise. Does anyone know what makes The Office unique in its filming style? Uh, yeah, that's easy. That's what she said. The Office was filmed in a single camera style, where most sitcoms are filmed in a three camera setup. Yes, that's right. Jail is like Tyrion, except taller and no battle axe wounds to the face. Well, thank goodness for that. Dwight Schrute might say, fact, the battle axe had less precision than a sword, but was cheap to use and required limited skill. It's Dwight. Hello, Dwight. I love your brown suits and yellow shirts. No, Laura, it's just me. I was just saying Dwight might say something like that. And by the way, he wears mustard shirts. Ooh, mustard is the proper color to wear for a person who holds the position of assistant to the assistant to the regional manager. And not only that, but Dwight was a bed and breakfast proprietor at Shroot Farms, a beet plantation owner, and the owner of the business park in which Dunder Mifflin resides. Plus, don't forget he once was a volunteer policeman. Do you guys want to take over the tour? No. These guys never know what they're talking about, unlike Gravity Beard. Well, I do know Dwight was the best salesman in the office, and he hid weapons everywhere in case someone attacked. He even saved Jim once from Pam's ex-fiance with pepper spray. You are correct. Dwight was notorious for his lack of social skills and common sense, his love for martial arts and the justice system, and his office rivalry with fellow salesman Jim Halpert. I loved his romantic-slash-unromantic relationship with Angela Martin, head of the accounting department. They had a sex contract. Uh, Bruder, isn't that a little crass? That's what she said. Bruder, what does crass mean? Gotcha. At various times, Dwight has risen to the position of acting branch manager of the Scranton branch. He was also the vice president of special projects development for the Sabre Corporation, which was the parent company of Dunder Mifflin at the time, but was replaced by Todd Packer at the last minute. The great David Kochner. In the final season, Dwight is Finally, after all those seasons of wanting it so bad, offered the position of permanent regional manager. Spoiler alert! Show's been off the air for like 50 years now. Or seven. Uh, whose desk is this? And I'm not touching it, but I'm holding my hands really, 
really close to it. Okay. Well, uh, that is Andy Bernard's desk, played by Ed Helms. Big Tuna. That's what she said. No, Jim was Big Tuna. Andy called him Big Tuna because he once ate a tuna sandwich. That was back when Andy was regional director in charge of sales at the Stanford branch of Dunder Mifflin. You can call him Nard Dog. Right. Uh, later in the series, Andy took over for Steve Carell's character, Michael Scott, as regional manager. I thought he did a great job. Andy became regional manager at the Scranton branch, courtesy of Robert California. James Spader. Following the departure of D'Angelo Vickers. Will Farrell. Do you, do you people even need me? <laughs> you seem to know it all. Oh, we don't know it all. Only JL knows it all. I don't know much about history. Don't know much biology. Stop it. I know for a fact you don't take French at all. So cool your jets. It wasn't the jets, Laura. It was Sam Cooke. That's what she said. Easy there, buddy. I don't even know why you're you're here. It's not like you're a super fan or something. I don't listen to the show. We know. Or do you? Bruder. I don't understand what is going on here. So let's keep talking about Andy. He got temporarily fired and replaced by Nellie Bertram. Also known as Donna from Doctor Who. Why did JL get that line? Because I know things, Laura. Yeah, he's the know-it guy. Yeah. But I've already said once in here I like Doctor Who. You get, yeah, you but did you know who that was? Yes. Well, obviously you didn't because you didn't say it. Ah. <laughs> Are you guys going to do this all tour? Probably. <sighs> Andy's character is insecure, probably due to a strained parental relationship, and often references his education at Cornell University, where he was part of an acapella group. Oh, like in that movie with Fat Amy. Pitch Perfect? I don't know. I just like Fat Amy. Andy has severe anger management issues and several failed relationships with accountant Angela Martin and receptionist Aaron Hannon. Played by... Played by Angela Kinsey and Ellie Kemper, res- respectively. Let's talk Michael Scott. I agree. It's his character that really made the show. Yeah, I really went downhill fast after he left. That's what she said. I really don't know how he kept his job. Michael Gary Scott always had a desire to be liked. This may have stemmed from his relatively difficult childhood of loneliness. Uh, He has little family, except one time he did hire his nephew, Luke. I'm waiting. Waiting for what? You know what. No, I don't. I believe you do. I have no idea what you're talking about. If you're waiting for me to tell the listeners that Luke was played by Evan Peters, known for American Horror Story and the X-Men films, I refuse to do it. Your loss. No, your loss. He was also a kick-ass. I remember Luke. He was an intern, but was incompetent and rude. Michael Scott ends up spanking him in front of the whole office. That was hot. In a weird sort of way. Michael actually started at Dunder Mifflin as a salesman in the 1990s. Michael tells Ryan, played by BJ Novak, that he became a salesman because he loved to make friends. Even though he was promoted to regional manager at a young age, he continued to treat work-related relationships as personal friendships. Michael is often shallow, callous, ignorant, and unaware of his basic social norms. Like, how did he even keep his job? How do you keep your job? How rude. That's what she said. Uh, Michael often overestimates his importance in the eyes of his co-workers and cannot understand 
why they do not share his enthusiasm. Despite all his faults, he is loyal and tries to help his employees when he thinks they are having a problem. Oh, I would hope so. He has worked here 9,986,000 minutes. So, like, sometime since 1992. JL's constant desire to be the center of attention often manifests itself in selfish behavior. What? What? You said... JL's constant desire to be the center of attention often manifests itself in selfish behavior. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. I heard it too. I'm pretty sure I said Michael's constant desire to be the center of attention often manifests itself in selfish behavior. For example, remember when he burnt his foot on his George Foreman girl? Yes, I remember. Oh, he expected Pam and Ryan to tend to his every need, even though Dwight uh, had a much more serious concussion. And at Phyllis's wedding... He assumes his participation will be the high point of the ceremony. He even pouts when he's upstaged by Phyllis's elderly father. Eventually, given an insulting toast, he gets him banned from the reception. Michael was also irresponsible with his money. So much so that one point he has to take up a second job as a telemarketer. Ooh, I remember that. Then Oscar, played by Oscar Nunez, makes a chart of Michael's spending habits and tells him he is spending too much money on things like multiple magic sets and professional bass fishing equipment. And if I remember right, Michael is forced to declare bankruptcy, which he thinks only requires him standing up and shouting, I declare bankruptcy! I declare I'm a millionaire! If only that had worked! (sighs) One thing that was funny in the show was when Michael was wronged. Uh, He is quick to take offense, and his response is often way worse than it has to be. Like kissing Oscar as an apology for calling him an insensitive term. But for all of his faults, Michael is a hopeless romantic. Yeah, first there was Jan, his boss, but she turned crazy. He met Holly, though. They are perfect together. True. He ended up quitting Dunder Mifflin and moving to Boulder, Colorado to help her take care of her ailing parents. They got married and had four kids together. Then the governor... John Hinkenlooper appointed Michael Scott as director of paper distribution in the Department of Natural Resources. Bruder! Good job! That's what she said. Why is there fake puke on the floor over here? That is a prop for Michael Scott's Dunder Mifflin Scranton Meredith Palmer Memorial Celebrity Rabies Awareness for Fun Pro-Am Race for the Cure. The race he held after he ran over Meredith with his car. You kept the puke prop? Puke prop? Let me touch it. Sabrina, no! It's just plastic anyway. I don't know why Steve Carell left the show. It was better with him. Apparently, he didn't want to leave the show. He had told the network that he was going to sign for another couple of years. The network never contacted him when his contract was up. So after the deadline came for when they were supposed to give him an offer, they still hadn't hadn't made him an offer. And he decided to move on. It was probably due to the fact that at NBC, Jeff Zucker was on his way out, and Bob Greenblatt was taken over, and Greenblatt wasn't a fan. Sounds like things fell through the cracks, which cost NBC a great show. Can I touch the Dundee Award at least? I've always wanted a Dundee Award. No! You don't even work at Dunder Mifflin. How can you win a Dundee? Well, I'm here now. On a tour, Sabrina. Not as your job. (sighs) Well, with all these rules, don't touch this. Don't ask questions. Don't steal a fake puke prop. This feels like work or prison. Amen. Okay, folks. 
If you will follow me to the break room set, we will take a short break. Hey, does the refrigerator really work? Yes. Why? There's nothing in it. Well, I'm thirsty. I could really use a beer. <laughs> oh, me too. If only there were something in there. There will be. Watch. JL Beer Cooler. It's cooler than you think. JL Beer Cooler. It's cooler than you What did you get in there? (laughs) That's what she said. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, look at this. We got Sweetwater Extra Pale Ale 420. Yay. Yeah, they drank that on an episode of The Office. So, you know, I mean, it makes sense that it'd be in the cooler. Is it a Pennsylvania beer? No, it's a Georgia beer. It was done later on when Robert California was on the show. And it was in the episode After Hours when they go to Georgia. Oh, that's pretty cool. I am a... It's a can of beer, Laura. We all know you're not going to like it. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. It's great. Well, the label's pretty sweet. So stay tuned to the end of the show when we rate the beer. Uh, the rating's based on a six-pack, one being the worst, Laura, six being the best, JL. This makes sense to everybody but one lone Canadian in Kissimmee. Okay. What about Jim and Pam? Can we see where Jim and Pam sat? Uh, Sure. Uh, Jim sat here across from Dwight, and Pam started as a receptionist and then moved to sales and then created her own job as an administrative assistant. Here's a little ditty about Jim and Pam, two American kids growing up in Scranton. Oh, yeah. Don't do that. You embarrass yourself when you do that. You mean I... (laughs) (laughs) You mean I embarrass you when I do that. I said what I said. Oh, you embarrass all of us when you do that. Touche. Pam played by Jenna Fisher. Fisher. Was shy, assertive, but amiable and artistically gifted. The will they or won't they tension between Jim and Pam is a driving storyline in the beginning of The Office that spanned much of seasons one to three. In season four, they begin dating. By season six, Jim and Pam are married. This is pretty risky because most television critics and fans alike would agree that bringing the two together is often the death of a TV show. But this time it worked. Oh, it worked really well because they went on to have like two children. They made the babies. It's only when Jim takes up a second job in Philadelphia that things get rough. That's when they ultimately decide to leave Dunder Mifflin together so Jim can pursue his dream job. Why do you guys need me again? Oh, we don't. Anyway, uh, like I said, Pam was originally meek and passive, but she grew more assertive as the seasons passed. Uh, what about Roy? What about Roy what? Did Roy grow more assertive as the seasons passed? Well, no. That's a dumb question. Roy wasn't on the program that long. I know. I was just trying to make Jenny feel useful. Oh, gotcha. Gee, thanks. As we all know, Pam and Roy were dating for eight years and engaged for three years before Jim. Uh, Their long engagement was one of Michael's running gags and a sore spot for Pam. What do you have on Jim? What do you have on Creed? Creed? Yeah, well, you know, the background players were super important too. Stanley, Angela, Kelly, Ryan, Kevin, Phyllis, Daryl, Meredith... 
Ryan wasn't a background character. He was in the opening credits. Was he a main character, though? All right, maybe not so much. But he wrote a lot of episodes, produced the show, and directed as well. Here's my impression of Kevin. I like cookies. No, it's more like, I like cookies. (laughs) That was really good, Sabrina. Here's my impression of Kevin. I don't like Laura Dean cookies. Yeah, that was good. That, that was, was really good. That was really good, too. <laughs> Ladies, if I may have your attention over here. So, Jim. John Krasinski. Yes, the very same man who put staplers in fish bowls. Wait a minute. Where? Why is there a stapler in a fish bowl? Who messed with this? It's supposed to be in Jello. Remember, people, I said no touching of things. I didn't touch anything. Oh, don't worry. No one touched anything. This is time for fishbowl facts. Fishbowl facts. Fishbowl what's? Fishbowl facts. It's when we read interesting little facts randomly out of fishbowl. Just listen. Fishbowl fact number one. Andrew Bernard is named after American economist Andrew Bernard. Professional Professor of International Economics at the Tuck School of Business at Dartmouth College. Fishbowl fact number two. Michael had some trouble with his early education, as Michael tells the camera crew that he was held back from second grade. Fishbowl fact number three. Michael claims to be of English, Irish, German, and Scottish ancestry. He also claims to be two-fifteenths Native American. Fishbowl fact number four. Michael did not attend college having lost all his tuition money in a pyramid, sc- pyramid oh, scheme. So glad that happened to somebody else. <laughs> Fishbowl fact number five. Some of Michael Scott's aliases. Ping, Michael the Magic, Michael Scarn, <laughs> Michael Clump, <laughs> Marketing Greatness Michael, Date Michael, Blind Guy McSqueezy, Prison Mike, Prison Mike, Mekanos? Mekanos. Mekanos, that's right. Orville Tutenbacher <laughs> and Brittany Bitch. It's Brittany Bitch. bitch. <laughs> Fishbowl fact number six. Uh, Jim was named after a childhood friend of executive producer Greg Daniels. Uh, I really didn't want this one. <laughs> BJ Novak was the first person cast. Fishbowl fact number seven. John Krasinski's audition for The Office was supposed to be for Dwight. But he convinced the casting directors to let him read the part for Jim. Did you say caffeine directors? Yes. <laughs> show. Sure. Yeah. Fishbowl fact number eight. Phyllis was a casting agent for the show before she got the part of Phyllis. She was reading the script with some auditioning actors when the director decided that she was the one who should play the role. Fishbowl fact number nine. The original thought for the theme music theme song was going to be Mr. Blue Sky by the Electric Light Orchestra. I like that song. And then the one I forgot to put in there Fishbowl fact number 10 was that Creed Branton the character is played by Creed Branton, the actor but Creed Branton is his alias, his actor name. He has a different name but I can't remember what it is. (laughs) So that's a little trippy. Wow. That was certainly out of place. That's what she said. Fishbowl facts is the only good bit on this show. Where was I? Uh, yes, Jim. 
Uh, besides Jun's love for Pam, professionally, he went from sales representative to assistant regional manager, and then later co-manager alongside Michael Scott. He demoted himself when he found out he could make more money in sales. Jin loves to play pranks on Dwight. It's what really makes the show fun. Although he has shown to have some things in common with Dwight, such as a knowledge of comic books and an appreciation for sci-fi. Jim is a fan of the Philadelphia Phillies, the Philadelphia Eagles, the Philadelphia 76ers, and the M&M. Wow! Way to go, Bruder! Jim also likes Mom's spaghetti. What? Don't worry about it, Bruder. It's the only Eminem reference Chris knows. True. I can go now. Is this over? Not quite, buddy. We probably got another 15 minutes of script. Which you guys will turn into an hour and a half. That's what she said. Now... If you remember right, in the first season, Jim is adamant that his job as a salesman at Dunder Mifflin Paper is only a temporary one. Yeah, he said, and I quote, Right now, this is just a job. If I advance any higher, this would be my career. And if this were my career, I'd have to throw myself in front of a train. This might explain all the elaborate pranks, the sarcasm, the facial expressions to the fictional film crew, and his provoking comments during often ridiculous employee meetings. However, he is consistently one of the best salesmen. Everybody likes Jim. I'm going to do the Jim look. Uh, where's the fictional camera? The, um, this is not going to translate well. This is an audio setting. Just do it, Sabrina. The thing about fictional film crews is they are everywhere. Everywhere? Everywhere. Oh, no. Everywhere. Jenny, can you just continue, please? Uh, now, remember in the beginning, Jim was not with Pam. Pam was with Roy, as, man- as mentioned earlier. This caused Jim to transfer because he is so heartbroken over her getting married. He even told her his feelings, and she turned him down. Twice. So he dates Karen from Parks and Rec. Played by Rashida Jones. Well... She wasn't from Parks and Rec at that time. Uh, Jim does reunite with Pam, but it's awkward, and he is still dating Karen. He gives up his pranks for a while. Boo. Eventually, Jim does return to his old ways, now targeting Andy and White. So over the course of the season, things get complicated between Jim, Pam, Karen, and Roy. Yeah, they did. Roy tried to beat Jim up. And Pam admits... She called off her wedding because of Jim. And Jim might get transferred to New York. And the cruise line industry will never be the same again thanks to stupid COVID-19. What? Don't worry about it. Hopefully in 10 years people stop freaking out. Oh, I doubt it. Well, no. We have a special guest speaker to talk over this next part. Ooh, special guest speaker. This could be special. Please welcome leader of the Scientology cult, L. Ron Hubbard. Please don't call it a cult. You people can refer to me as the Commodore. Hey, uh, uh, Ronnie, you know a lot about The Office, do you? It was my favorite show growing up. How is that possible? You were born in 1911. The Office first aired in 2005. That may be true about one of my past lives. However, this is my current life. And I was born in 1998. But you look like you're 60. I mature fast. 
Do you want to finish the office tour or what? I have Major C or Bennis to attend to after this. Sure. We were talking about Jim. Yes. Jim. So, Jim dumps Karen at the Scientology fountain in New York and goes on a date with Pam. Wait. Is there a Scientology fountain in New York? No. Definitely no. Okay. We learn that Jim plays the guitar and wants to be a sports writer. Jim becomes manager of the Celebrity Center for Scientology, or the Scranton office, while Ryan becomes jealous of Jim's buddiness with David Wallace, who is CFO of Dunder Muffin. Mifflin? I can understand that because people get jealous of my closeness to Zenu. Pam is directed to go to art school through a series of e-meter machine readings. Yeah, not quite what happened. Jim has a hard time getting along with Idris Elba, and then they get married. Idris Elba actually played a character named Charles Minor. He was a vice president of Dunder Mifflin. And the way you put it, it sounded like you said Jim and Charles got married. It was Jim and Pam. I stand by what I said. Pam finds out she is going to give birth to a volleyball. No, 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 no. Pam finds out she's pregnant after she hurts herself at a volleyball game. They have a beautiful helium-filled sphere named Cecilia. Then Jim gets jealous of Danny, who used to date Pam. Timothy Oliphant? But he didn't need to worry because Danny thought Pam was a dork. Well, at least that is accurate. And has a fetish for Popeye. I should have expected that. Todd Packer kicks Jim in the back. No. Todd Packer comes off the road as a traveling salesman, and Jim and Dwight pull a prank on him. They make him think he has a job in Florida. Jim fires Michael Scott. And then quits to fund a market for sports equipment. No, no. Jim finds out that Michael Scott is leaving the company a day early to go live with Holly. And he leaves the office to help his friend start a sports marketing company in Philadelphia called Athlete. Daryl joins them. Pam doesn't like Philadelphia, so they move to Austin instead. Uh. And that's when he got fired from Dunder Mifflin. That is correct. Clear as mud. Speaking of clear, I am one. Okay, well, that was horrible. Dianetics. Okay, any questions? Questions? I have questions. No, Chris. I got my sanity racers. It is pop quiz time. Uh, I can do a pop <sighs> quiz. All right, this pop quiz is called The Office. <laughs> no, that's not what this pop quiz is called. That's what she said. That would be a stupid name for it, and I'll tell you why it'd be a stupid name because it's just the name of the show. All right, it'd be a quiz. All right, so it has to have a real name. Yes. This pop, okay. this pop quiz is called My You're Heart. Welcome. My Heart Only Beats for You, or that's what she said. <laughs> Five general knowledge facts on the office in order of the easiest to the hardest to test your knowledge score. One point for each correct answer. Question number one. What is Michael's middle name? I know because I said it. Yeah, it was in the script. JL, stop. <laughs> no cheating. 
<laughs> cheating if it's in the script. Catch you on the flippity flop. <laughs> you had to be paying attention. I, I was losing my spot in this. <laughs> I didn't have paper. How do we not have paper? Use that script on an episode about a paper company. <laughs> because somebody went to Staples to buy it. And somebody went to Staples, paper. and instead the copier was busted. So we only had one script, and you guys got fancy new chairs. And all I wanted was a new copier. <laughs> <laughs> Oof! From the episode. That's what she said. <laughs> Question number two: Where did Jim and Pam honeymoon? I had to watch past season three. <laughs> Good enough. I haven't made it that far yet. I'm right before. I know it's hard to watch all the seasons since they've been conveniently aired on Netflix for the last. You better hurry up though, because it leaves next year. <laughs> oh. I'll be done by next week. <laughs> I'll be done at some point. I thought our quarantine was going to last longer, so I was binge watching something else at the same time. We got behind because of somebody's business took over. I watched Bones. I watched Criminal Minds. Question number three. What game does Angela tell Pam that she likes to play in the office? Is Angela telling Pam she likes to play this game in the office? I'll give you a hint. It involves Jim as well. Uh-huh. Lots of stumps. Lots of writing. We saw Angela on a Disney Channel show. What? No. A Disney Plus one. Yeah. The cooking, the family cooking show on Disney Plus. Really? She hosts it. Yeah. Oh. And she's super bubbly. It's hard to see yeah. her super she's bubbly. She's really happy. I watched one of the episodes, but just before I started watching the so, office. So we only watched like the Cinderella one. Yeah, I watched yeah. that one. I'm going to get I none of these right. I not the office yet. I don't know what game she plays. Me either. Question number four. What item of Michael's did Jim put in the Jello? Feel that should have been question three. I'll repeat the hint. I'll repeat the question again. Oh. What item of Michael's, oh, Michael's did Jim put into the Jello? My answer's saying the same. I don't know. And question number five: What item of Andy's did Jim put in Jello? All my answers are the same. All right, pencils down. What is Michael's middle name, everybody? Gary. Gary. Alan. Gary. Wrong. Oh, but Alan Scott was like the fourth best Green Lantern. (laughs) That's another episode. Michael's not good. Actually, you know what? I take that back. He's probably like fifth or sixth. Okay, nobody cares. (laughs) Goes Hal Jordan, Kyle Rayner. Guy Gardner. Chris, ask the next question. Question number two. <laughs> Britta was so right. This is an hour. Probably Simon Baz. Um, <laughs> definitely Jessica Cruz. Ooh, ooh, I'm past. Oh, then Alan Scott and then John Stewart. All right, number two. Where did Green Lantern honeymoon? <laughs> Sabrina. Green Lanterns never gotten married. Scranton. Star Sapphire, you know. Scranton. Did not hook up. Yeah. They didn't go far. Puerto Rico. Jail. Niagara Falls, where they got married. The answer is Puerto Rico. Well played. Yeah, that's the only one I'm going to get right. They're still not even I haven't made it that far, so I just went with where they got married. (laughs) Question number three. What game does Angela tell Pam that she likes to play in the office? Sabrina. Where are the kittens? (laughs) Where are the kittens? Because there's tons of kitty cats in the office. Jail. She likes to count how many times Jim goes up to see Pam. Laura. I think that's right, but I put prank Dwight. 
break to white. She wouldn't yeah. be very happy about that. Jail, you are right. Yeah. She calls it Pampong. Yes. <laughs> Question number four. What item of Michael's did Jim put into the Jello, Laura? Um, I put his best boss mug. Jail. I put the same thing as Laura, the best boss mug. Sabrina. I said screw it all and I put stapler. The correct answer is not Sabrina. Everyone else is correct. <laughs> it's okay. My question number five answer is the same Stapler. as question number four. <laughs> yep. What item of Andy's did Jim put in Jello jail? Stapler. Laura. Stapler. Calculator. Oh, calculator. I haven't made it that far. It was Dwight's was mm. the stapler. I know, but I couldn't. I knew. I knew it wasn't the same, but I could not think of it. Did you I, watch the British? All I know is I'm still waiting for my mug because I did not go to that party either. So I wish I would have gotten a coffee mug from Me Kelly. Me too. I didn't get a coffee mug from Kelly. Mm. I you watched the uh, British version. I'm going to talk over you. No, go ahead. I've, I've watched the Dwindy episode. Have you watched the British version? No, definitely not. No. I haven't watched the episodes. American version. <laughs> or 13 episodes. 14 episodes. Oh, are we counting the Christmas specials? No, there's two more after the Christmas specials, and Christmas specials were two. 45 minutes long. For, yeah. Two 45 Christmas minutes. specials. If you didn't have the script in front of you, would you know that? My script is mainly on the floor. <laughs> the British version, the stapler is also Dwight's in the jello. It's the very first episode almost mirrors word for word. The Garrett. first, first it's episode. the only time jello has ever been used outside of a hospital. <laughs> so sources for this script are Wikipedia, YouTube, the book, The Office, The Untold Story of the Greatest Sitcom by Andy Green, Behind the Music featuring Kaja Gugu, <gasps> and the book Somehow I Managed by Michael Scott. Well, that was just delightful. Please make sure you fill out the comment cards in the lobby and recommend us to your friends. You guys can just file through the door there. Except you, JL. Would you mind staying behind, please? Uh, sure. I want to stay behind. Why can't I stay behind? Okay. Bye-bye. So, JL, you think you know it all, huh? I do. You think you could run the tour all by yourself, do you? Easily. Okay, good. You are hired! You are taking for over for Ron L. Hubbard. Thank God. Oh, cool. Is there any more beer in the fridge? Apparently only when you are here. That's what she said. Oh, was I supposed to leave? <laughs> that is the office. Took me a long time to watch that show. I only it's watched it week. because we're on quarantine. It's been a week. Well, in all uh, the, the first seasons, I mean, it's not that many episodes, but it is a little rough to get through. Oh, how dare! It is. I found it way easy to get through the first season because there's only so few episodes. Yeah, but I thought it flowed really well. I thought the first two episodes were a little iffy, and then it picked up. After that, it felt really. But as long. a whole, when you look at all the, the entire season, it flowed really well. They had a set mm. tone. Yeah, it really picked up. But you don't season. realize watching it on Netflix. I find you don't realize that season two starts where it does. Like you think it's still season one. Well, like I feel just, it just picked up right where it left off. Yeah, that's true. Season one, I feel like 
ended anticlimactically because it's literally just Jim taking Amy Adams, I don't know her character name, like home. That's like, that's how it ended because she came in, sold bags, and she was like, I'll take you home. Yeah. And that was like the end of season one. And you're like, it never really was okay. very high in the ratings. I think it's one of those shows that was always on the bubble for getting canceled. But look, Even at its popularity, it wasn't a top Look at what night show. it was on and when it aired. It was on Thursday nights on NBC, right at the height of CSI on CBS on Thursday nights. Yeah. So when you look at its competition, because it was probably in, like, what, an 8 or 9 o'clock slot, it was going up against tough competition in those. Yeah. NBC didn't have the strong Thursday night lineup that it had in the past. CBS was taken over in the early to mid-2000s in the ratings, especially on Thursday night, because they had the multiple CSIs on different nights, and they owned primetime for the most part during that time. I think what they excelled at is becoming just in, like, the everyday vernacular of when, you know, like the... That's what she said. Or the Jim, Jim and Pam's uh, wedding when they walk down the aisle and doing everybody dancing and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I think that that's what they were best at. So I don't think it necessarily fared well for when they were just airing the episodes. But the fact that people adapted it into their own lives, I think that's where... Um, and I think that's why it gained so much popularity at a later date. It's just because you can make great memes with The Office. Let's all face it. Yeah. yeah. And I want a Bob Vance shirt, and I want a Michael Scott run for the race yes. shirt. I officially on said Amazon. that I, I the next time I do a 5K, I'm running in one of the Michael Scott, <laughs> <laughs> Meredith Parker, <laughs> Care for Rabies, Fun Run, Pro-Am, <laughs> like whatever. Afghanistan. What is it? Afghanistan's for AIDS? Maybe after they is? reopen our work and I can get some money again. <laughs> yeah, my next 5K, that's definitely what I'm doing. I also loved how he tried to carbo load before the race. Yeah. Alfredo. I was dying when Dwight said that he was going to sabotage Toby by putting Imodium in his food so he would have to poop more. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of Toby, let's find out what you guys have to I say. Hate Toby. <laughs> Stupid Toby. I don't know why everybody Toby. hates Toby so much. I hate Toby. I Toby Friends only wasn't... for the roast, Laura. Friends only. Toby wasn't no Toby. originally supposed to be in it. Wait, 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 wait. Let's find out what you have to say, and then we can discuss Toby, maybe. Toby sucks. Whatever, Michael. All right, Facebook. Susan says, <laughs> love it. Hate that my not-quite-13-year-old not binge watches it. Why does she hate that? That's all she wrote. That's what she said. But why does she hate that? Like... My she kid won't that. even come out of the room except for the theme song to dance. Yeah, that's <gasps> awesome. Yeah, she only comes out for the 25-second theme song. As you get into later seasons, they skip the theme song on Netflix themselves. <laughs> um, and then she gets mad because she cannot do her dance. Twitch, did Just, you know that... Um, it took five seasons, pretty much, for them to play the end credits with the theme song. Oh. I well, never noticed. The If you watch the first, I want to say, four seasons... There's no theme song at the end, but beginning of season five is when they started playing the theme song. I, I might be wrong. It could be season four. Definitely say that one through three do not have it. One through three do not have it. So it's either season four or five. I think it's the beginning of season five. And did you know that, um, what the hell is his name? John Krasinski. Um, him and somebody else went around and took pictures of, so the ones that you, the pictures that you see in the theme, in the, like the opening for Scranton. Him and this guy t- went around and literally just took pictures and put them in the, and there was like, 
Here's pictures of Scranton. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's how they have. That's why they look so. I know the song now. <laughs> now you know it. Now you know it. I'm two beers yeah. in, and it's coming back to me. It's all but, coming um, back. Coming, coming back to me now. Um, but him and another guy went around. It maybe a been BJ Novak. Um, but they went around and they just took pictures with their own camera. They went and visited Scranton and stuff like that. And that's where those pictures came from. That's why they look so. Yeah, not professionally done. That tower in the beginning uh, is a big on TikTok. People like to film that tower. Novak in that show. Um, I did watch a video. I'm assuming it was on Facebook because I don't TikTok, but it is the clips of the show in the opening scene without the music over it, so you get to hear like what clips they're using. So yeah, it was kind of cool. I don't know where it was. I didn't share it with anyone because that's what I do. That was on TikTok that somebody (laughs) imported it to Facebook. (laughs) I'm like, oh, that's really cool. I keep it to myself. (laughs) That's what you do. That's what I do. Don't share it to no popular Facebook group. Nobody gets it. (laughs) I don't get it. Um, Chris says, top TV comedy of all time, probably higher. Oh, that was nice of you. That was a good review, Chris. That wasn't me. That was actually Chris. Is it better than Seinfeld, though? Chris Green from Gravity Beard. Um, I think he's a big Seinfeld fan, so you might have to debate him on that. I don't know. I feel like they're the definitely. The, I think they're the top two comedies out there to me of all time. For me, yeah, I think those are the two that I could easily binge watch TV wise: Seinfeld and The Office. See, I would. I never watched Seinfeld. I don't know. And I'm. I'm I feel Friends would be in my top two. See, I don't know. Not one of my things. See, and I would put Mash and Night Court up there. I like Night Court. Too. Yeah, that's because your husband's bull. <laughs> 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 he has hair. And I'm super tall and skinny. <laughs> See, are you glad I didn't say you weren't tall and skinny and I said you have hair? <laughs> <laughs> In reality, he's really Larry. <laughs> I consider myself more of John Ratzenberger. Wasn't that Cheers? You're thinking Maybe. John Larroquette. Yeah. John Larroquette, yeah. Ooh, yeah. He played yep. the judge. I like John him and Tim's Kingdom. Was the judge. That was Harry Dean. Or Harry's. Oh yeah. Harry Anderson. Harry Anderson. I keep wanting to say Harry Dean Stanton. Harry yeah. Dean. That would be an interesting show. Yeah. <laughs> he, was, he was the uh, the other lawyer, right? Yeah, he was yeah. the other okay. lawyer. He was the prosecutor. He, he was yeah. the best part of the show. That's what. Yeah. Yes. John Arquette was really the best part of that show. I liked him in Tenth Kingdom. Has anybody seen Never that miniseries? For such a beloved show, Facebook was really lacking on any. Do you think people had stuff to do that they couldn't comment? I know. <laughs> I mean, everything in the world is open right now. People are kind I mean, of busy. I made it through five seasons since he told me we were going to do this. Last week. <laughs> Last week. <laughs> <laughs> I made it through three. Ben I, says, ben yeah, says baby, so. best of all time. And Monica says, love it. Favorite character, Jim. So funny. Worst character, Ryan. Yeah. I, I, I didn't. I don't. I despise Ryan. I think he's pointless. Really? He yeah. was pointless, yeah. I hate well, him. He's, he's, the, he's the anti-office. Oh, you haven't made it that far. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's I mean, awful. He's I've awful. I made it to where he takes Jim's spot and Dwight takes him out to Dwight Farms and hazes him. <laughs> yeah. I just, That's I don't like Ryan in any way. All right. Let's go to Twitter. Bruce Bruce the Moose says... <laughs> <laughs> Hoping for an office reunion. Please, 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 please. Because they're doing a Parks and Rec reunion. They already did it. It yeah, was already it. on. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Oh, I forgot to send my DVR. 
I only know that because somebody somebody had posted something. I forgot to set my streaming. About how they love the Parks and Rec reunion. I saw a clip of uh, them doing a song on Facebook, and it was great. It was Chris Pratt. Don't be suspicious. No, it was Chris Pratt doing a song about the tiny horse, and they all sang in. It's it's awesome. Look it up. Chicken Pot PewDiePie says, I just finished watching The Office for the first time, and I have to say, while I really don't like it, in the beginning, it grew on me. I thought it got much better after Michael left. Don't hurt me. I love Andy. I I don't know why, but I absolutely love Andy. Is it because he just breaks out into song randomly? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, no, because Chris does that and I hate it. But like, um, Can Chris play a sitar? What or a guitar? <laughs> finish Chicken's thought real quick. He was just a crappy person who really... Th- who rarely thought about anyone other than himself and always had to be the center of attention. I don't think he's a crappy person. I think he wants to be a center of attention, and you learn that with how his family treated him. Right. Well, yeah, he wasn't supposed to be named Andy. He was... Um, he was whatever his dad named him. Junior, junior. But then, but when then they had, they had his, his brother, brother. They changed his name to Andy. Yes. Well, that was Michael. Michael had family issues as well. Well, yeah. Well look at when Andy. he was the ring bearer for his mother's uh, wedding. No, I think... And then the dog took I'm, that spot. <laughs> <laughs> but I did I, I liked Andy in the manager position I think he was a less crass Michael Scott he was less annoying yeah I wasn't really thrilled with the Andy character but when he became manager I thought he became more likable yeah it was definitely when he became manager that I liked him I think one of the the big reasons that like Steve Carell did such an amazing job as Michael Scott is because you <laughs> you absolutely hated the guy. You have no idea why the hell he still has a job. And then all of a sudden, he pulls through with a clutch, like in the clutch position as he gets either a huge um, sale for the company or he winds up like convincing other people to like join in. Mm-hmm. Or you just feel so sorry for the guy well, momentarily. His branch was consistently the top moneymaker for the company. Yeah. And if you look but at yet it. But they wanted to shut it down. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but if you look at it from a corporate standpoint, the way he ran it was not no. at all but how you should run But then why get rid of a regional manager? Does he fill in for a regional manager's spot? Yeah. If he runs it that poorly. Right. Because his he has the numbers to produce it. Right. Which but shows he's you, not. It kinda, I mean, it's not like Dwight outsold a computer or anything. <laughs> <laughs> Serena has no idea. I have no idea. Great, none. <laughs> All right. Now, normally I don't like to share these because you guys like to share these in an audio format, but this was pretty funny. Dunder Blunder sent us a meme. It shows the Office characters and their and how they've changed for quarantine. So you see Dwight as a regular Dwight, and then you see Dwight with a beard, and you see. Uh, Michael Scott is regular Michael Scott, and then Michael Scott has a beard. And then they show Jim, and they show Asian Jim. <laughs> I like that episode. You're not there. But you're I know what there. you're talking about. I love that episode. Because I told so him I, I, I referenced that in something that I was talking to with him. <laughs> I love that episode. I have no idea what's going on. No, that is so far down yeah. the road. And then the last one, they show a picture of the senator, and then they show Angela. Because Angela is his beard. I get it. <laughs> You don't know what we're talking about either. No, but so. I understand the term. I, so. I, I understand the term of beard being used in that sense. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. We talk about your husband. You don't yeah, I'm his beard. 
Okay, so to get back to what you guys were discussing mm-hmm. earlier, mm-hmm. Drinking Quarantinis says, can we please talk about how great of a character Toby was? I always <sighs> felt bad when Michael put him down or kicked left him out. I feel so bad for Toby. Like, I, I think if they had just given him a chance, I really feel like Toby would, would have surprised everybody on how great of a person he really is. Yeah, yeah, sure. You know what? He was, he was. Yeah, I should have stayed in Costa Rica. <laughs> did you so did you ever read the neck. theory that uh, Toby is actually the Scranton Strangler? No, no, I didn't read that. No, that would be funny that he put the other guy away. <laughs> yeah, and that's why he feels so guilty about because he's he says many times after the case is over that he felt guilty and he felt like they put the wrong man away, and people are like, "What juror does that?" Like, jurors usually don't have that big of a remorse like Toby did. Because Toby's actually a Scranton, Scranton strangler, and they put an innocent guy to jail, and he knows it. That's a, one of the fan theories. It's Toby sucks. <laughs> All right, let's go to the phone calls. Toby doesn't suck. Toby sucks. Hello. This is Bruder. Don't ever let me in your show again. <laughs> Bruder doesn't what? want Bruder doesn't want to be written into the script. I want to know how Bruder knows that he was written in the script <laughs> if it hasn't aired yet. I don't know. <laughs> um, I know how Bruder knows. How does Bruder know? We did that episode where I played Bruder. Oh, you did. Pl- no, you didn't play him. You used I his used persona. His, I used his persona, and that's why he doesn't want to be in the show anymore. Oh. So oh. he's going to be a little upset when he hears this one. He's going to be real upset. Yeah, yeah he is. Oh, Bruder. I think Bruder was the Scranton Strangler. <laughs> I uh, believe that over Toby. Uh, uh. <laughs> well, let's reopen this beer cooler. Let's yeah. not. Do we have to? Sabrina. Uh, but what is this beer, Chris? Oh, what is this beer? It is from Sweetwater Brewing Company. Their extra pale ale, 420. I liked it. <laughs> uh, it's a six for me. Um, I could drink six. I mean, I already drank two. <laughs> <laughs> Want another? <laughs> no, because I need to get home at some point. But what do you like about it? Um, no, I put that away. I'm That's what she said. You're not wrong. Um, it, I don't have any left to to, to remember. Um, we were I don't know. I like no. I'm not drinking a whole damn thing again. Oh, it's really light. You can do it. No, you're driving two blocks, and you can hang out here for another hour or two. Yeah, you don't. I, know, home right I don't know what I, I'm supposed to cook dinner tonight. I don't even know what the hell I'm cooking. Daniel will end up cooking. It's fine. Yeah, he's a cook. Yeah, but he doesn't do the dishes. Well, yeah, it's because he doesn't work in the dish room anymore. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. Um, no, I like the... Once again, I for me, hops, like an overly hoppy flavor just tastes like grapefruit. You're so weird. I know. 
but I'm okay with this. That's probably because 75% of hop production is from Washington State. And I just what does that have to do with grapefruit? Yeah, seriously. What does because that have to do with Because now I live grapefruit? in Florida, but I'm originally from Washington State. Uh, okay. and what, you get oranges here, not grapefruit. God damn it. I've been doing it wrong all these years. I buy grapefruit here. Ew. I like grapefruit. I'm weird. Um, No, it's... It, I don't know. I just like it. It's good. So typical Sabrina <laughs> review. Yeah, pretty much. I like it. <laughs> I like it. I'm drunk. All right, I'll go next. Um, I did not think that I was going to like this. The first taste was nothing but hops, which I I hate. But um, it grew on me quite a bit, and the finish is weird because I still am tasting hops at the end, but it doesn't linger too bad. So I'm going to give this one a three. I would it'd not be my first choice to grab, but if somebody put it in my hand, I could drink a couple of them. You Laura? want another? No. <laughs> Dale really wants to get rid of this. <laughs> I'll end up drinking them. Um, so this isn't my first time having this beer. I had it at a bacon and beer festival in St. Augustine. That's what she said. That is what she said. That's because I just said it. She was bacon and had beer. And um, I want bacon. I actually had it out of a You're keg. Vegan. So not in a, <laughs> not in a can. And I didn't like it then either. I don't really like it now. I drank Dr. yours. Dr. Seussed it. Yeah. <laughs> I would not, could not in this house. I would and could with a mouse. That's good. So I'm going <laughs> to give it. It just got inappropriate real quick. <laughs> I'm going to give it That's a one. Said. A one. All right, beer master. So I found it to be really dry, and it has a dry bitterness to it. You get the hops in there. And the hops taste is what lingers. And usually I love hops. I like hoppier beers. But this one, it just, the dryness and the hoppiness just does not mix. And it just stays forever. The aftertaste is bad. It hits you with a bad first sip. Overall, I'm giving it a one. Wow. It tastes like We agreed on a beer jam. Yeah, it's, it's not my favorite that I've ever had. And I've heard other ones from Sweetwater are good. But this one for me is just not that good. Is it because it's extra pale ale? That might be it. It might just be the extraness to that because I love pale ales and I love IPAs. I like hoppier, like where you can taste the hops. This one, I don't know. I feel like they needed to do something more with it. It's like a white girl is extra. Where's the is pumpkin? that why I like it? Yeah. <laughs> I can't even with this beer. It tastes like grapefruit. Speaking of liking things, Sabrina, where can you find us? You can find us on our Facebook group page, uh, Podcast 42, the official Facebook group page. Um, You can email us at podcast42show at gmail.com. We do enjoy getting those emails in. We read them, and we enjoy hearing from you. Um, You can also call in our phone number is 727-238-5887 you can find us uh anywhere you find a podcast we're there chances are if you're listening to us now guess what you found us congratulations (laughs) subscribe and continue listening to us there good job yay um we have a we have a Patreon page. You can find us on Patreon. We would absolutely love if you were to be one of our Patreons. That'd be fantastic. It's a few dollars a month. Not very much. But it helps us out. It helps us with things like printing out scripts and beer 
and all of those fun things with maintaining our pages. Um, our website is podcast42show.wordpress.com. We use numbers in there, not letters for 42, so go ahead and type that in. So what you're um, saying is it's numerically and not alphanumerically? That a kid. But you got it. J.O. got it. If J.O. can figure it out, so can you. Congratulations. I know everything. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you drink and you know things. I drink and I know things. <laughs> I and I'm just only drink. five inches taller than Tyrion. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she said. Yeah, On she our our website there you can find all of our episodes you can find our beer guide and all of the information about the episodes um and of course we're a part of Podfix network there's a bunch of other podcasts on there go ahead and check them out as well they're fantastic and our artwork is by cute panda you can find cute panda for commissions on facebook and our theme music is by cramo you can find more music on cramo.net or on facebook under cramo Awesome. Well, I think that'll do it for the office. I'm... All two hours of it. Yes. <laughs> We're three hours in. Yes. <laughs> Three-hour tour. Keith managed to get the whole script for Kill Sofa done in 30 minutes. <laughs> and it took us seven and a half hours to do this one. Accurate. But we had more fun. <laughs> True story. <laughs> I am Christopher DeVos. I'm Sabrina Pierre. J.L. Trose. I'm Laura. Bye. Stay fresh, cheese bags. Catch you on the flippity flop, gong. <laughs> Not all conversations or events are 100% accurate, as if you didn't figure that out already. Some things are changed or added, or even deleted for the sake of attempted comedy. All sources are never verified, and all information is subject to being slightly sketchy. In other words, we are just having some fun. Thank you for listening. This has been a transmission of the Podfix Network. For more about this show and other great Podfix programs, go to podfixnetwork.com. This is the story of The Office in three minutes, which is more than enough time to satisfy even the most rapid fans. That's what she said. Let's begin. A documentary crew follows the day-to-day operations of Dunder Mifflin, a paper supply company in Scranton, Pennsylvania, run by clueless branch manager Michael Scott. The top salesmen are assistant to the regional manager, Dwight Schrute, and carefree prankster Jim Halpert. Jim is in love with receptionist Pam Beasley, but she's engaged. Michael sleeps with his boss, Jan. Dwight secretly courts stuck-up accountant Angela. Customer service rep Kelly decides she and Temp Ryan are in a relationship. Jim confesses his love for Pam. They kiss, but she won't break her engagement. Jim transfers to the Stanford branch, where he meets over-eager salesman Andy Bernard and starts a relationship with Karen. Back in Scranton, Pam calls off her engagement. Oscar is outed by Michael. Dunder Mifflin closes the Stanford branch. The remaining employees relocate to Scranton, but most quit because of Michael. Michael and Jan's relationship causes Jan to spiral out. Corporate fires Jan, opening up an executive position in New York. Jim, Karen, and Michael all vie for the job. Michael realizes the job is to replace Jan and sabotages his interview. Jim turns down the job to return to Scranton. Ryan lands the gig thanks to his business degree. Jim and Pam date in secret. Corporate fires Ryan for fraud. Michael breaks up with Jan following a dinner party gone terribly wrong. Dwight and Angela 
Angela's relationship ends after he euthanizes one of her sick cats. Andy comforts Angela, and soon they're in a relationship of their own. Andy proposes to Angela at Toby's going away party. Angela reluctantly accepts. Michael immediately hits it off with Toby's replacement, Holly. Phyllis catches Dwight and Angela having sex in the office. Pam follows her passion to art school in New York. Jim finally proposes to Pam. She moves back to Scranton to be with Jim. Toby returns, forcing Holly to move away. Michael is heartbroken. Andy is the last to learn of Dwight and Angela's affair. They duel and decide to leave her. The new district manager cramps Michael's management style, so he quits to start the Michael Scott Paper Company. Michael's company threatens business, so Dunder Mifflin buys them out. Andy is smitten with the new receptionist, Aaron. Pam learns he is pregnant at a company picnic, while Michael finds out Holly has a new boyfriend. Jim and Pam get married in Niagara Falls. Pam gives birth. Andy and Aaron start dating. Dunder Mifflin goes up for sale on the brink of bankruptcy. Joe Bennett, CEO of Saber Corp, buys Dunder Mifflin saving the Scranton brand. The cheap printers they sell suffer mass malfunctions. Michael takes the heat. As a favor to Michael, Joe relocates Holly back to Scranton. Andy attempts to win Aaron back, despite her awkward relationship with Gabe. Toby is summoned for jury duty in the Scranton Strangler case, allowing Holly to once again fill his role. Michael and Holly get engaged and move to Colorado to be with Holly's family. Angela dates a state senator. Robert California becomes the new manager, then immediately talks his way up to CEO. Andy ascends to branch manager. Angela and the senator get married. Dwight and his team launch a store in Tallahassee, where Aaron chooses to stay. Andy races down to win Aaron back and bring her home. Nellie hijacks Andy's job. Andy convinces Dunder Mifflin's old CFO to buy out Saber, thus reclaiming the role of office manager. Andy abandons his post to sail the Caribbean. Vacation hangover Andy returns to the office. See what I did there? Jim co-founds a sports marketing company in Philadelphia with his college roommate. Jim splits his time between the two cities, creating a rift with Pam. Oscar and the senator hook up behind Angela's back. Andy quits to focus on acting, but the dream doesn't last long after he embarrasses himself on TV. Jim moves back to Scranton full-time to be with Pam. Dwight finally becomes the branch manager. He makes Jim assistant to the regional manager. The office reunites to watch the documentary air. Kevin opens a bar, and Toby moves to New York to become a writer. Dwight proposes to Angela and learns her child is of his loins. Angela marries Dwight on the Shrewd family farm. Kelly and Ryan run away together. Michael surprises Dwight and shows up at the wedding. Jim and Pam move to Austin to work for a new branch of athlete and live happily ever after. And that's the story of The Office in three minutes. If you enjoyed this video, don't forget to like and subscribe down below. Check out new stories and three minutes videos right here in Arcade Cloud every Wednesday. Thanks for watching.